When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That came pepper, pepper trait. Wow. 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 Now I can't say the word at all. Oh, tinnitus is weird. Okay. Hi, Allie. Hey, Celeste. How goes it? It goes. How goes it for you? It goes. It does, indeed. Welcome to December, our first non-no-fucks-given November episode in four weeks. Yep, that's true. <laughs> we don't know how to go anywhere with this because it's so... I know. Awkward. It's so, it is a little awkward, and I so loved every single second of No Fucks Given November. So I just, I'm excited to get back to being a normal podcast. And at the same time, fuck, I really loved No Fucks Given November. I love that that's what, like, clarifies us as a normal podcast. (laughs) Well, we're back at it. We're still talking about taboo topics and taboo culture and We're still together and it's going to be amazing. Our journey is going to continue. And obviously, we will continue to have racial conversations in the future because we have so many races and cultures and concepts that we haven't even begun to touch. So I think that that's going to be really amazing. Also, what is super interesting to me in a fascinating but also we all know how I feel about racism kind of way (laughs) that... There actually are a lot of themes of previous episodes that we've had in today's episode, which I was not prepared for at all. I had no fucking concept that at least three of our previous episodes would come into play, at least conceptually, in today's episode and topic. Oh, I'm super intrigued by that. I know, I know. You guys are going to hear a whole lot of special guest notebook today because I have like 12 pages of research on this concept. Before we dive into your concept, though, should we go over what we're drinking? We absolutely should. What I'm drinking? Well, I'm, I am drinking. I am having water on the rocks. Hardcore. I know. I like, ugh, I'm feeling tipsy. <laughs> what are you drinking, my love? I am drinking a Borealis Brew from Kiwana Brewing Company. I'm sorry, what was that? Say it again. A Borealis Brew from Kiwana Brewing Company. I really just wanted you to say Kiwana again. Because that's the brand that I can't say. Yep. (laughs) It is an amber ale with coffee and it is delicious and the can is beautiful. I, I literally just picked up my phone because I was looking to see if that picture you sent me came through and it didn't. And the reason Allie needs to send me a picture of this can is because as we are having this 
Zoom call, Allie looks like she's in a 1999 rock metal music video. I'm hardcore like that. Her screen looks like something out of Insidious. <laughs> it's just really intense. It's all red and grainy and it's awesome. Fits my personality, red and grainy and awesome. Red and grainy and awesome, a.k.a. Allie. Oh, that's a super cool can. Say that again. Oh, we're on separate tracks. You don't have to say that again. Yeah, I thought so. That's why I chose it. I was drawn by that and the name. And the name. (laughs) We are really very professional when it comes to choosing our beverages. Agreed. Well, fantastic. I'm so excited. Once again, you guys, we just want to say thanks so much for joining us for the intensity. Yep. And awesomeness. (laughs) That was No Fucks Given November. No fucks given November. I just needed to sing it one more time. Just, I did. I needed to sing it once more. I love that. Thank you. And we're so appreciative of you guys showing up and sharing us and growing the podcast, especially during a month of very intense topics. Yeah. Thank you guys. Seriously. We don't, we don't have nearly enough words to truly express to you our gratitude through this month. So thank you. Yeah, this was 100% a grassroots podcast, so (laughs) it's all on you guys to get us anywhere. It truly is. And honestly, I was looking at our Pinecast today, and we were at like 1,957 listens, which our next milestone is 2,000. But honestly, to know that we just we just talked about hitting 1500 like two weeks ago or something like that and it just through a month that had such difficult and real concepts that were being discussed to know that our listens would just shot through the roof and have every day that you guys just honestly like that's so humbling to us that's such an experience for us and just thank you because we couldn't do it without each and every one of you Agreed with all of that. Yeah. So now we're going to kind of kick it off. We're going to kick off December in our pre-No Fucks Given November fashion. Actually, pre-October fashion too, because October was a series month. Mm-hmm. So pre-October, Celeste and Allie, here we go. Uh, we're going to do series again. We have a couple of different things that we want to talk about in series exactly like we did with no fucks given november and october where we have a theme and we stick to that theme for the whole month so you guys please don't worry about us never doing that again we are coming back for it but for now we're gonna take a break and we're gonna mix it up and we have so many things lined up for this month like it's gonna be so cool there might be some heavy but also it's important and honestly Allie and I just flow with the time. We flow with what's going on around us. We flow with what's going on in the world and in our worlds. And honestly, like December is just really spot on for the topics that we're talking about. So just know that we're back to our normal Allie and Celeste selves. We will have series again moving forward, but this month isn't it. Agreed. I was trying to think if I had anything additional to add there, and I really don't. (laughs) You did amazing. So without further ado, shall we get into what today's episode will be about? I would love that. Okay. All right. So before I can truly tell 
everyone what this episode is about. I have a disclaimer before the disclaimer. I have a prologue. And the prologue is this. We had a listener reach out to us, which we so appreciate. And he had shared with us that he would be interested in us sharing our perspective on a kink or a fetish, which we absolutely are here for. We are about that. We are in no way ever going to kink shame anybody. We are not we are not opposed to people and their preferences and their fetishes unless, you know, like we talked about racist fetishes, like that's that's wrong, but and as long as it's consensual. And yes, consensual, legal age, all the good things, okay? Like go back to the porn versus reality disclaimer if you're confused on what we're talking about. But I really struggled with how to present this specific concept as a kink or as a fetish because this specific concept is about a body type. In thinking about how to have this conversation while hyper-focusing on a body type in a purely sexual sense made me really uncomfortable. And That, I think, is purely because there is so much more to a person than just their body type. And there is also so much more to an intimate moment, even if it's not a long-term relationship, but there's so much more to a sexual experience than a body type. Mm -hmm. So although I'm not kink-shaming, absolutely not, I couldn't present this conversation from the perspective of talking about it in the sense of a kink. So I'm going to talk about this topic in relation to body positivity and also attraction positivity. So it is going to be completely about how people feel about themselves and their own bodies and also how someone else may feel very attracted to that body type, which is perfectly fucking normal. Yep. Like that's perfectly fucking normal. So please, if you are somebody who falls into this category of this is your kink, we love you. You are entitled to have that. We are not shaming you. We completely support you. But for the purpose of our podcast, I couldn't present that kink in the the traditional sense of a kink because... People deserve more than that, and you deserve more than that. So that's my prologue. Was that fair? I think that's fair. All right. So now I can tell you what we're going to talk about today. Uh, So today's conversation is going to be about plus size body types. That is where I decided to take this conversation. You guys, the research I found, oh my God, I've I've literally been dying to share it with you. I even asked Allie last night, knowing she couldn't, if we could record last night because I just wanted to have this conversation. Please don't literally be dying ever. I'm dramatic. Can you just let me have my moment? Yes, you are. No, I can't. (laughs) You're the worst. All right. So here is my plus size disclaimer so we can get into it because I'm so unbelievably fucking excited. This might be a little bit redundant to my prologue, but bear with me because not all of it is. This episode is in support of inclusive body positivity for men and women equally, in addition to being in support of attraction positivity. It is our position that as long as your health and life are not at risk due to your weight, you are perfect exactly the way you are. 
You are beautiful and worthy and you deserve to live your life and love your body guilt-free. You are also allowed to love and appreciate your partner's body judgment-free. And that's it. That's my disclaimer for this whole episode. Beautiful and well said. Thank you. I lied. It's not my disclaimer for this whole episode because I actually have about five disclaimers in this episode, but that's where we start. Okay? Okay. Deal. So the definition of plus size, according to Mike.com, like M-I-C-K. Okay. Nope. I was like, who's Mike? I lied. It's M-I-C.com, like, like a microphone. Okay. Okay. The definition of plus size women, specifically this this. I'm actually going to take a step back before we get into the definition, you guys. As I was doing this research, I am the one who extended this conversation to be inclusive of men. As I was looking up plus size body types, which we will talk about this. I have a lot of information on this. But as I was looking up like plus size, like what that means conceptually, all that came back was women. So the first portion of this information is maybe a little bit geared toward only women, but I assure you, I have tons of shit about men in here too. I think I have like one paragraph that I just saw up at the front, but then it takes a little break because all of the research I could find was about women. And I was like, fuck this. We need to talk about men too, because I personally love bigger dudes. Like that's my, that's my type. Well, the thing is... The body positivity movement has kind of left men behind, I feel. That's honestly what my research led me to find. And that really fucking pissed me off. So I was like, fuck all of this. And I had to do a bunch of different. I I went down like 800 rabbit holes Mm -hmm. to make sure that we had information that was body positive, inclusive of men. Good. It was not out there and easily available. The way that it was for women, which just really upset me. Like it did. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, you didn't. You did amazing. And and I agree. And I, you said it great. So thank you. So please know that my definition is specifically about women, but I do, this is inclusive. Okay. So the definition of plus size women are women who are clearly defined on the clothing size chart beyond size 14. I I added this. Men are not so clearly defined on the clothing size chart and they are at TBD. Like there is not a size for men that indicates specifically this is where like quote unquote regular size men stop shopping and then quote unquote plus size men start shopping. There that there is not a line like that. Huh, okay. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Men's sizes are measured by inches in relation to the way that most men's clothing are made. Per the sizing guide at ASO, the first company to introduce men's quote-unquote plus sizes to the market. The plus size men section goes up to 4XL with its pants sizes being at a 44-inch waist, which means that men in that size or over are quote-unquote definitely plus size. Okay. A notable point. I'm sorry, what was that again? What inches? 44? 44 inches in waist and a 4XL in shirt. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. That is quote unquote plus size for men. Okay. But that's only according to this one place, the guide at ASAO, ASOS, excuse me. I think I said it wrong before too. So if I did, I'm really sorry. 
according to ASOS, which is this company that founded plus size, quote unquote, clothing for men, like previous to them, it would ne- it was never on the market. Okay. So that's not to say that all men's clothing lines are made according to their blueprint, but they were the first people who were like, we need more sizes. Gotcha. A notable point for the plus size men information is that they specifically call out that a man's height has nothing to do with their sizing or determination of a quote unquote plus size man. A direct quote, the height can vary. You can be 5'5 with a 30 inch waist and still be a big guy, end quote, which I understand because of spatial reasoning that if you're not taller, but you're still wider, obviously like, I mean, there are different shapes out there. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was was drawing a blank because I didn't want to say proportionate because that's not even fair. But according to this information, height has nothing to do with size, which I think is fucking bullshit, especially because when we talk about the women's perspective, height does play a role. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. So on this website that I was looking at where I was getting this information on the ASOS website, the plus size male models on this page are honestly just literally normal fucking dudes. Yeah, that's their plus size model, okay? Like, honestly, some of them were really muscular, and that's what made them a quote-unquote plus size dude. And then other dudes were just very average body types. And, and like, they looked good. They, they, they just were normal fucking dudes. Yeah. Which just really, like, was confusing to me because... Because of this research, because of a lot of things, okay, mm-hmm. like this, I, I'm getting ahead of myself because I dove so far into this, but just know the average representation of a quote unquote plus size male model is literally an average fucking dude. And I really struggle with that because if you are going to sell quote unquote plus size men for, you're going to sell plus size men. Wow. <laughs> I'm awesome. If you're going to sell, quote unquote, plus size clothes for men, you should be inclusive of actual big men. Yes, agreed. That is what you should be portraying in your marketing, not normal sized men. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm glad that we're on the same page there. The general consensus is that men with somewhere around a 34 inch waist or larger equals plus size. So again, the ASOS, they said 44, but according to general consensus information, it's 34. That is Nick. Nick is anything but plus size. Nick, the only reason that Nick would be plus anything is because he's 6'5". Yeah. That's it. What the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that really pissed me off. So we're going to go back to where did this start? Okay. Like, conceptually where did larger clothes for anyone start this is back from uh, mike.com and this is it's the same article where i got the definition of plus size woman okay the term quote-unquote plus size you guys i'm gonna stop saying quote-unquote plus size because this episode is about that so i'm just gonna you guys are just gonna get sick of me saying quote-unquote and then it kind of invalidates when i actually quote something so please know I am not using plus size in an affirmative way. It's very relative. Roll with me. All right. The term plus size. Go ahead. I was going to start singing. (laughs) Sing. No, we're good. 
Oh, okay. We'll move on. The term plus size in relation to clothing in 1922 started with Lane Bryant. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Her real name was Lene, okay. which I thought was weird because her real name is L-E-N-A and her brand is L-A-N-E. Oh, okay. She got real creative. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Lane Bryant or Lene Bryant whichever she felt like being that day, she started advertising for quote-unquote Mrs. Plus Sizes, which offered larger versions of the same clothes that were in the Mrs. category, meaning exclusively for women. So no men's clothing at this point. Okay. Reports indicated that this clothing line was originally thought of because of pregnant but non-plus size women. Those women did not have maternity options. As far as clothing. So Lane Bryant literally was like, pregnant women deserve clothes. Let's make them clothes. And then as that line carried on, she was like, bigger women need clothes. They could fit in the pregnant woman clothes. Two birds, one stone. I don't really know. I don't know if I love this line of thinking or I hate this line of thinking. Because like, yay for thinking of other people, but also... Fuck you for only thinking of pregnant women. Yeah, but like also being like pregnant and bigger is the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's let's continue because her husband comes along and makes it better, but also makes it worse. Oh, good. Yeah. So according to this is in the same vein, still Lane Bryant, but I had to switch articles because I got what I needed from that previous article and then I kind of didn't like it anymore. So according to DiaAndCo.com, Lene Bryant, the owner and founder of Lane Bryant, as stated before, met her future husband, Albert Malzin, in 1909. Malzin was a mechanical engineer. He was so inspired by Bryant's adjustable waistline aka for the pregnant women, that he patented new designs to fit varying sizes of women's bodies, including, quote unquote, stout bodies. Stout? Yeah, the word, uh, I saw the word stout describing women so many times that I actually am mad at stout beer right now. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I just don't, uh, fuck the word stout right now. Like, fuck off, stout. I'm mad about it. <laughs> I've never seen you angry at a word before. I know. I know because you know how I feel about words and I love the words. And yet I saw this word describe women's bodies so fucking inaccurately for so many times. I'm just pissed. It makes me think of dwarfs. I know. Like, yeah, that's flattering. I just, mm, there are better words. But anyway, you know, in the teens and 20s, there were actually lots of patents that were filed for quote unquote stout bodies because now people thought that like this was a marketable thing. It, it wasn't only like a need for society for women who are not a size zero, but also like, oh, hey, we can make a fuck ton of money doing this. Let's file all the patents. Oh, great. Yeah. Malzin used his engineering background to understand the quote-unquote stout women's curves and surveyed over 4,000 customers. Between his research and cross-referencing with insurance information relating to 200,000 female policyholders, Malzin found that women with a bus size of 44 plus 
shape were different from the standard sizing and grading system. Now, I have a slight note. Ding, ding, ding. That's my note. That's my note sound, okay? Because I have a couple of these. Okay. This is where I mentally said to myself, Celeste, cue the BMI concept, body mass index concept, and we're going to come back to this concept of the body mass index because I'm like, what the fuck? So there is that. Back to my notes about Malzin. Okay. Noted. There's also a lot of hand gesturing happening right now. <laughs> it's like you're trafficking air control. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands right now. And I'm loving it. <laughs> this is what I have for you. That's a rude one. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Leave me be. I'm ready. Hit me with the next thing. All right. Malzin's research led him to find that women's body, especially above a certain type, varied greatly in shape from person to person. What a fucking rocket scientist. To simplify things, he established and published the three most... Stop laughing. Why are you laughing right now? Because of your reaction. (laughs) What a fucking rocket scientist. Breaking some new ground there, Copernicus. I'm just so mad at this shit. Like, this is fucking stupid. I just love that reaction. It was perfect. (laughs) That I just kept going. Like, that wasn't in my notes, I promise. No, it was perfect. All right. So, to simplify this, he established and published the three most common shapes he experienced in his research. There was the, quote-unquote, full-busted woman the quote-unquote stout all-over woman, and the quote-unquote flat-busted woman. Although these terms don't really stand a century later, the thinking behind these distinct shapes actually still influence plus-size fits today. By the 40s, the quote-unquote ideal woman's figure was asserting itself in the fashion industry, and that image being tall, athletic, and quote-unquote well-rounded. Tall, athletic, and well-rounded. Yeah, you know. So like J-Lo and just women who are athletic but still are curvy. And although those women are beautiful, so are women who don't look like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really annoyed that the fashion industry and capitalism and consumerism really has defined what beauty is which is wrong, in my opinion. Which is super interesting to me, too, because high fashion seems to focus on girls who are very small. I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I, I honestly, I have to give credit where it is due. I have seen more recently that there are companies that are trying to be more inclusive of different body types but I do agree with what you're saying in the sense of like Milan fashion or fashion globally is portrayed in the sense of very petite women yeah agreed so shit got really bad for the plus size woman between the 1940s and the 1980s when the term plus size became the descriptor of choice for sizes 14 and up. So previous to the 1940s, they just had extended sizes. like, And they didn't even call them that. They just had and offered sizes that ranged. But 
then when the 40s came and women were no longer being viewed as just a physical body and a woman and they were being labeled as this ideal figure or not, that was when plus size came into play. So truly they put that cap on saying your body is no longer normal after this size. Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck that. Which is so fucked up. Exactly. And then also I made a note in here to say introducing at some point the term BBW. I know that you were not sure what the term BBW meant. So for anybody who does not know what BBW stands for, according to thatsister.com, BBW is another word for plus size women, but the phrase plus size is missing a key part that stops them from being completely synonymous. As previously mentioned in this article, aka the article that I was reading about BBW, plus size is commonly used in the fashion industry to point out women whose body type is above the quote unquote average size of all women. Some people think BBW stands for big boned women. Others believe it stands for big black women. But what it actually stands for is big, beautiful women, which I appreciate. Okay, I I want to acknowledge that. I do appreciate the correlation and that exclusivity in that concept of BBW to be big can and does mean beautiful. Mm -hmm. I do appreciate that. But here... I want to I want to say this because this bothered me through the rest of my research. And also on Tuesday, it was Kelly's birthday. Shout out to Kel. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And we had a little birthday celebration for her. And our friends started talking about my research because I was like, that was the day that I worked on it. And I was obsessed and it was just all a thing. So I just I really want to say right here. That I very much disagree with this concept of plus size as a whole, especially with clothing for men and women. I truly don't understand why it isn't just women's clothing yeah, or I why agree. it isn't just men's clothing. Mm-hmm. And also something that I personally didn't really get into because although there's nothing wrong with it, I am not a plus size woman. What I didn't realize, and I sort of saw in some articles, but then some of our friends who were here at my house on Sunday were talking about this. Let's pretend for one second that we're in a store, okay? We're in just a normal department store, like a Kohl's. Mm -hmm. The plus size department is like in the back. Yep. It's hidden. It's like this terrible secret in the store. And... One of our friends was commenting about how frustrating and demoralizing it is when she goes shopping because she has to walk past the junior section and the women's section and then the maternity section and she sees all of these super cute options for these specific body types and then she gets to her section that fits her body type and it's filled with nothing but like moo's and cheetah print and solid colors and floral. Yeah. She literally, she she literally was like, you have no idea how many options I have if I like floral, if I like cheetah print, or I like dark solid colors. Anything else, I'm totally fucked. Why is that? I don't have an answer. I know you don't. I'm asking, I want us all to think about this. Dear listener, think about this with us. Why can't I get the same exact shirt that you would get? 
And and let's just say this. Let's say this for listeners who might not know what we look like. We're not the same fucking body type. Mm-hmm. I have boobs. Mm-hmm. You don't are beautiful exactly <laughs> the way you are. But why couldn't we go shopping together and get the exact same shirt and have it be the exact same thing and be so cute, except it fits you and it fits me? Mm-hmm. Why is that not a thing? And then also my friend Amanda, why couldn't why couldn't she also have that same shirt that fits you or fits me? Like, why, why couldn't it like all that? be in the same section? Exactly. Exactly. So I just, I needed to say that out loud because again, that was something that she had shared with me and I didn't really know that because I, I don't shop in that section. And it makes sense to me that I've never seen this before because again, I'm never like hiking to the back corner of the store because I don't really have a reason to. Is it? Okay. This thought just occurred to me. Is it because they think that certain, certain profiles, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you thinking... I'm not trying to interrupt you. And if I'm totally not in the right vein, stop me. But are you thinking that by putting it in the back corner of the store, it's actually offering some sort of privacy? Oh, no, no, no. I was thinking having okay. it like as a set, not, back corner of the store, no excuse whatsoever. Okay, okay, I'm okay. wondering separate section because certain clothing profiles work better for women that are bigger. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but let me offer what Amanda shared with me, which I didn't know this. What she was saying when we were having this conversation was that she shops at Meijer specifically because Meijer is size inclusive. You can go from a 2XS to a 4XL on the same exact rack. Nice. Which is how it should be. I agree. For men and women. And also, let's say this, for fucking kids. Mm-hmm. I hate shopping for kids clothes in the store. And like, I have no concept of when the 5T stops and the 6 starts. Because I'm in the baby section and I can find 6s in the baby section. But then I can also find 5Ts in the boys or the girls section. It's ridiculous. Just put it all together. Just make this easy. Make this an actual consumer experience. Don't make me hunt for it. I agree. All right. So I'm glad that we explored that. Now I want to switch gears and go into my notes specifically say BMI bullshit. I love that. (laughs) Maybe the name of this episode. Who knows? Uh, So this information came from elemental.medium.com. And the article was called The Bizarre and Racist History of the Body Mass Index. And then I was like, we need to fucking read this article. (laughs) So let's talk about the invention of the body mass index, which I have some very particular feelings about. I'm going to read this, the pieces of this article that I pulled out, and then I will interject my thoughts. But just know every time that I start speaking in non-Celeste words... I'm reading from this article. Okay. So here we go. Body mass index was invented nearly 200 years ago. Its creator, Adolf Quetelet, was an academic who studied astronomy, math, statistics, and sociology. So he's basically Allie. Okay. I I literally wrote that. My special guest notebook says that. Oh, my God. (laughs) But he's not good. I know. I didn't know that at the time. Notably, 
Quetelet was not a physician, nor did he ever study medicine. Well, Again, like a good person to be making assumptions about people's body mass. And you guys, I need you to hear me say that we're talking about if you go to the doctor and you get your after visit summary report, this fucking number is on that report. If you don't know what we're talking about with body mass index, maybe you're not fully an adult because like this is a very common thing and this is scientific. This is supposed to be. We are told as a society that BMI is a scientific fucking process. And although it is, it has nothing to do with your body. Important. So Quetelet was best known for his sociology work aimed at identifying the characteristics of Omoyen, which is French for the average man, whom Quetelet represented the social idea. Ding, 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 ding. Celeste's notes say, born the concept of body type preference, stigmas, and body shaming. 200 years ago. That's when this actually started. Wow. Okay. Quetelet was Belgian publishing works in Western Europe. During the early 19th century, a boom time for racist science, which, you know, who knew racist science was a fucking thing? He credited... We he did. is credited... We did know that. He is credited with co-founding the School of Positive Criminology, quote-unquote, which asserted the dangerousness of the criminal to be the only measure of the extent to which he was punishable. So... The crime determined the punishment, all right? Okay. That was this concept of positive criminology. That's where the concept of murder is paired with sentencing that looks like 25 to life. Okay. This was born here. He did that. Well, he co-founded it. So I have another ding, ding, ding. Shout out to the birthplace of white people facing less charges and are not subjected to criminalization. And the reason that I know that that is true is, let's go back to, he, nope, you're not going back to it because I haven't told you yet. Yep. So you don't know this, but I know this and you will know this. Dude is racist as fuck. Dude okay. himself is racist as fuck. So that positivist school laid the groundwork for criminologists like Caesar Lambroso, who believed that people of color were an entirely separate species. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Lambroso was like a protege or he was mentored by and greatly admired the works of Quetelet. And Quetelet was the one who was like, this is the average man. And we're going to talk about what that means, average man, in just one second. Quetelet kind of stuck with his science while Lombroso took this like judicial perspective and he ran with criminology plus his deeply rooted concept of other races being subhuman. Okay. Which is where my comment comes from of white people don't face criminalization the same way as literally anybody else. Quetelet believed that the mathematical mean of a population was its ideal, and his desire to prove that resulted in the invention of the BMI, a way of quantifying the average man's weight. His original constant group was based on the size measurements of French and Scottish participants, 
in parentheses, only men. Hmm. The index was devised exclusively by and for white Western Europeans. So let's think about that for a second. Let's think about 200 years ago, French and Scottish men. I did a little bit of research on this, but not a whole lot. But when I say 200 years ago, French men, do you imagine large men or do you imagine small men? Small. You're not wrong. I don't imagine anybody large because 200 years ago. Thank you. Because 200 years ago, the average height for men was 5'5". Five five. The average height for men now is 5'8". Oh, holy crap. Yeah. Dudes were not tall. Women were not tall. People were not tall. We would be like fucking giants. We would be fucking giants. Like seriously. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that later because I have some things on it. By the turn of the century, Quetelet's quote unquote average man would be used as the measurement of fitness to parent and a scientific justification for eugenics, which is the systematic sterilization of disabled people, autistic people, immigrants, poor people and people of color. And then please note that my special guest notebook actually says, what in the actual fuck? Yeah. You didn't know about that? No. Yep. No. I have deep feelings about it. Well, yeah, of course you do. I would hope you would. I would hope everybody would. Everybody should. Everybody should have feelings about that. You guys, seriously, this motherfucker used this chart that he made by studying and surveying small white men to determine if you were not only a fit parent, but also if you should undergo invasive and dangerous fucking surgery to not have the choice to reproduce ever again. Much like what's happening at our borders right now. Much like exactly that. Which was why I thought this information was rather timely. And it was just kind of this moment of like, Fuck, this is still a thing. And it's definitely racist. While Quetelet's work was used to justify scientific racism for decades to come, he was very clear about one aspect of the BMI. It was never intended as a measure of individual body fat, build, or health. For its inventor, the BMI was a way of measuring populations, not individuals and it was designed for the purpose of statistical use and not personal health so i don't know maybe i overthink things but i'm just over here at the time writing these notes thinking then why the fuck is it used on an individual level Mm -hmm. because that doesn't make any sense to me yeah i agree the the dude who made it literally said it's not made to do that and yet it's here we are it, it here we are i have thoughts we will get into them i am still on the elemental.medium.com page same article just i kind of bounced around at this point because the quotes got a little bit less direct but my the thoughts were still there so a bunch of paths were taken in the lifespan of the bmi and its uses some remaining medical some reflecting for insurance purposes blah 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 all right in the 70s new studies were done to try and gain a better perspective on a more quote-unquote diverse group 75,000 men from five different countries were studied to bridge us to the most recent study, according to this article, in 2011, when the data was showing that the results of this were in the quote-unquote obese range about 50% of the time, especially in black, white, and Hispanic women. These results will lead us to a study done by Harvard and the University of Sheffield when they released a study identifying six different types of obesity. 
each of which had their own etology and called for different treatments. By the next year, being 2012, researchers at Massachusetts General Hospital had observed 59 different types of fat or obesity. So literally in one year, we went from six types of obese to 59 types of obese because, uh uh-huh, because the research just varies so drastically person to person. Yeah. So then this article, to articulate that better, this leads the article to talk about different types of quote-unquote fatness and is directly challenging to the basic arithmetic that is practice with the body mass index. So like literally the research that's being done effective 2011 directly contradicts the BMI and yet we still operate on the BMI, Mm -hmm. which is very weird to me. I think this is weird. I'm not going to get into it yet because I feel like maybe I hit it later. So this is a direct quote from the article. Science has repeatedly demonstrated that a measure built by and for white people is even less accurate for people of color and may even lead to a misdiagnosis and mistreatment, which I thought was very interesting given that we had several conversations about racism in healthcare. Yep. And also, I think about obesity studies and statistics and whatever, whatever, and how a lot of that research is based on people of color as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I'm sitting here questioning, like, is that part of why their medical treatment is so fucked up? Because, like, people don't even have an understanding of their body and they don't try to. Mm-hmm. So here's one disclaimer about obesity. We will have an episode on quote-unquote obesity, but for the content we are talking about today... I'm honestly going to stop here with the obesity research and that concept as a whole. Just know that this concept is deeply rooted in our society, American society, but I think obesity is an issue in different places all over the world. It is likely the information that is being put out about quote-unquote obesity issues and rates and statistics that aren't always medically sound. That's, I think, deeply contributing to that concept of obesity taking over the world. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying I think that the information is misconstrued. If you are someone who is considered quote unquote obese or above like what they say you should be on, on the body mass index, please do what you need to do for you. Like we want you to hear us say that. If it relates to your physical and mental health, like that's all I care about. That's all you care about. Yes, agreed. So like we don't want you guys to hear us say that there's anything wrong with being obese. I'm going to share with you, according to the body mass index chart, I'm obese. And I mean, I mentally struggle with my body image, but I know for a fact that I'm not unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Like I I know that. So that just goes to show at 5'9 and 200 pounds, I'm considered obese, which is so fucked up because again, I'm not unhealthy. If I were at the weight that I'm supposed to be, according to the body mass index chart, I would look disgusting. I would look sick. I think it's like 140 pounds or something like that. Could you imagine me being 140 pounds? Well, I'm 5'10 and I weigh 154, so it kind of gives you an idea. Now I'm curious where you fall. Can I look? Do you mind? No, I don't care. Let's look because I'm very curious. Calculate your body mass index, your height, 5 feet 10 inches. Fuck off. I don't want metric. 5'10". And you said 154? Yep. All right. Your BMI is 22.1. 
according to this, you are in the quote unquote normal weight range for your height. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's go back. Remember how in our porn versus reality episode, you compared yourself to a stick? Mm-hmm. You're very thin. You're beautiful and you're perfect and you're amazing. But you're thin. You're very lean. I take it back. You're not thin. You're very lean. According to you. I'm sorry. Are you arguing with me? Yeah. I also have issues with my body. (laughs) You're fucking beautiful and I don't want to hear it. Okay. So I lied. According to this, I am quote unquote overweight, which is fine. Like it is what it is, whatever. But it doesn't change the fact that, again, that scale isn't representative of actual fucking people. And it is not supposed to be used on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm glad we explored that. I appreciate that we explored it. Agreed. So the other disclaimer that I have before I keep moving forward is this. The other huge branch of this conversation would be to get into eating disorders and body dysmorphia and other mental illnesses perpetuate body shaming of yourself and or others. This will also be an episode that we have at a later time, okay? So, like, body dysmorphia is real, and I'm pretty sure you just heard Allie and I say that we both have it. So, we recognize that, and we're going to talk about that, but regardless of how you feel about your body and how you see your body, let's go back to Allie and I saying, as long as you are healthy and your life is not impacted negatively by your weight, we think you're beautiful, we think you're perfect, men women, children, just that's it. We love you exactly the way you are. Yep. All right. So we spent a lot of time talking about the history of women's figures and plus size clothing, but this social stigma is very evidently applicable to men also. So let's go back to that concept. All right. So we're still in this history piece though. Welcome to the stage big and tall, the concept of big and tall. So this information came from Landsend, L-A-N-D-S-E-N-D.com. And what I really struggled with about this website was, although it was very informative, it also was very, mm, it was basically a plug. This website and its history, every time you reached a different section, they were like, if you fall in this category, you can find clothes here. And then it gave you like the the brands and the stores and the companies that you could go to to buy from. Yeah, of course. So it was informative, but at the same time, it wasn't realistic, I felt. I felt like it was very marketable and I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be that. I wanted raw, real data. So please know from the information that I gathered from this, the reason that it might not sound like raw, real data is because they didn't really present it that way. And we kind of just have to roll with the punches a little bit. So the first thing I have is what is quote unquote regular. According to this article, this range can range, you know, range is range, Mm -hmm. between extra small to extra large. And pants usually go by an easy to follow concept of waist and length measurements. Shirts like men's polo shirts and dress shirts usually go by detailed neck and chest measurements. If you constantly find that you're pushing the boundary of an extra large in quote-unquote regular shirts or get frustrated at pants that are too short or too tight, then check out your options in big, tall, or big and tall. That's literally what the website said. So what is big? That's like the next piece that it brought us to. 
big men have larger measurements across the waist, chest, and hips than what can be accommodated by regular sizes. Also, a direct excerpt from this article. What is tall? This one blew my fucking mind. Quote, unquote, tall is defined by six feet, two inches or taller on average is the height in the tall section of clothing. Tall shirts are perfect for long torsos. End quote. I feel like that's really fucking tall. You feel like 6'2 is really fucking tall? Yeah, I feel I feel like the average male nowadays is not 6'2. Like I feel I that's really... on the very tall end of things. And see, I struggle with that because I have the exact opposite thought process. And maybe this is because my physical preference is for taller men. I'm not ashamed to say that. I am attracted to taller men, right? Like, I think the shortest boyfriend I ever had was like (laughs) 6'2". So I just don't think 6'2 is that tall. And I think I think that because when I'm in my favorite shoes, I am 6'2". Yeah. And I don't feel that tall. I think because I surround myself with people who are taller than me. I don't have an answer for you. I just think it's really interesting that we, that, I mean, we're not arguing. I just think it's interesting that like, we hear the same exact number and we have completely different opinions about if that's tall or not. But okay. Also, I think interesting because your husband is 6'5". Yeah. But he's tall. I know. 6'2 <laughs> is also tall. I think 6'2 is really average. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan at Dad's Unequal. Sorry, you're nowhere near these height requirements. But we love you so much, and it's true. We do. We love you, but you are the gnome for a reason. (laughs) So what is big and tall? Literally, the article said, put the big and tall definitions together. (laughs) Well, yeah, touche. Touche. I wrote that part of the article. Yep. Good job, Landsend. So that's some information about plus size clothing, the body mass index, and how truly like all of this comes together. And then I went into this thought process of now that we understand the history, let's talk about some body positivity and also attractedness because that's really the direction of this episode, right? Mm -hmm. But in order to understand why this is a taboo concept, we definitely needed to understand the history. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got this information from a website called Relevist, Revelist, R-E-V-E-L-I-S-T, yes, Revelist.com. And the article is called, Dear Men, My Body Positivity Has Nothing to Do With Your Approval. I have a note on this section of information that I'm going to share because I loved this article and I loved what this article represented. However, for the conversation that we're having, I felt that it was really important to call out that this is not an anti-men conversation. Mm -hmm. I often feel that in the perspective of women and women identifying trends and body shaming and all that kind of stuff, typically those trends are set by men expressing what they're interested in and the views and whatever, right? And I would agree that nobody's, no, you don't require anybody's approval to be happy with your body, men or women. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's what I wanted to say because 
Like, I just didn't like that this article made it specifically against men. While you and I are also talking about men face this too. Yeah. And I just didn't like that this article was not inclusive of that. But I also understand empowering women. So that was my call out. So the article said, quote, we as a society are so conditioned to the idea that a woman's purpose is to be pretty, attractive, and constantly conform to new ideas of beauty, says eating disorder survivor and body activist Millie Smith. We are so much more than that. Some people don't like change and they also don't like to see someone who isn't perfect by society's views loving themselves as it's not what they're used to. So... I think that's where I shamelessly plug shout out to fuck haters and point your toes like fuck everybody and what they think as long as you're happy with your body. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be attracted to people to believe that they are worth dignity and respect, says body acceptance activist, sexuality scholar and everyday freedom feminist editor Melissa Fabello. All people of all body types should have access to resources equally. That's what body acceptance work comes down to when we conflate body positivity with attraction. We do a huge disservice to the basic tenets of the former. Body positivity isn't about finding bodies attractive. It's about challenging the oppressive forces that harm people with certain body types. I thought that was amazing. Yep, I agree. I thought that was such a relevant concept to this conversation that we're about to have where I totally drop my special guest notebook and we just talk about this in the basic thought process. I thought that was so huge and that really struck me. There's one more quote that I wanted to share. There's pretty compelling data that quote unquote fat women have just as much sex as thin women. But in that same research... Thin women report having more fulfilling and long-lasting relationships than quote-unquote fat women do. Hmm. I really thought that that was interesting, and I want to kind of use that as a stepping stone to bridge us into this concept that we were asked to speak about, which was a BBW kink. Mm-hmm. And I want to explore that. Again, we're not kink-shaming. We're not, we're, we're not saying anything. I'm just conceptually... I'm interested in exploring that. Mm -hmm. I go back to, I think it's wrong to only be attracted to somebody based on their physical structure, no matter what that structure is. I think that's wrong. Like, obviously, attraction should be there. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be absolutely 100 billion percent attracted to your partner. You should be. But if the only reason that you're with your partner is because you're attracted to them, and then we take that to like one more level, and the only reason that you're attracted to them is because they're outside of this quote-unquote societal norm, that feels yucky to me. Uh, I guess I have a different opinion of that if we're just talking about sex. So, Can you share your opinion with me on that? Yeah, to me, sex is just sex. It doesn't, there doesn't have to be strings. There doesn't have to be anything deeper, in my opinion. Okay, and I don't disagree with you on that, all right? I really don't. I'm 100% not the woman to say that I disagree. What I'm saying is, how do I want to say this? I think what you're saying is that you should still respect the person and not just what they look like and not just objectify them. That is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for getting me there because... That is what I'm trying to say, but also specifically in this concept of bigger women, okay, Because or, or bigger men, bigger framed people. 
what I kind of feel like I struggle with, according to that research that states that thinner women are reporting that they have more meaningful and long-term relationships, I really struggle with the idea that bigger women are being used solely for sex. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think also I struggle with the idea of anybody using and using anybody solely mm-hmm. for sex. Like, I, I agree with you. Sex is sex. Like, if you want to fuck someone, you go fuck them. Like, as long as it's consensual and safe and everybody is happy and healthy and both people orgasm, like, accomplish that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the idea of using someone for sex. And maybe that's just me because I don't like the idea of using anybody. I think there just needs to be a mutual understanding of what's occurring, like a mutual agreement. That is fair. I I feel you on that. So I guess the other thing that I really think about then is how do we break this? How do we get away from this concept of the smaller, the better? Like on a macro scale, how do we move forward to be more body positive and also be more accepting of attractedness meaning not you are the way that you are attractive because you are attractive but i mean the way that somebody else is attracted to you get rid of fucking photoshop and instagram filters and all of that bullshit every every single image you see in media is manufactured So many people don't realize how much of it is not real. Can you tell our listeners why you know that? I used to have a photography business. And she's disgustingly talented. Everyone should know that. So, I mean, there is a really great subreddit called Instagram Reality that I highly recommend everybody go browse every now and then just to have a reality check because nobody is real. Nobody is real. <laughs> Cute Twilight Zone theme song. <laughs> Throwback to spooky season. I think that's so interesting. And without really getting into like the mental health aspect of body dysmorphia, I don't think that we can continue this conversation without acknowledging body dysmorphia, like outside of my disclaimer, because I think that body positivity so strictly hangs on the way that you see yourself before you're able to see other people in that positive sense. And I mean that in the way of people who have a very similar body type to you. So something that I'm going to share that's super fucking personal is that I have body dysmorphia. Allie can attest to this. Mm Mm-hmm. I have this. I have identified the reason I have this is because I don't see physical representation of bodies like mine anywhere. And I say that in the sense of I am not a thin woman, but I'm also not a bigger woman. I, much like the plus size male models on the fucking ASOS page, I am perfectly fucking average. And I don't feel as though that category of body type is as represented as super, super skinny women or bigger women. So I have body dysmorphia for that reason. I don't feel like my body type is represented anywhere. And then I feel fucking weird because I am comparing myself to super thin women 
or super big women and I just don't feel like I belong anywhere. Yeah, and it's funny because I have the same thing but the opposite occurrence as to why because the Real Women Have Curves campaign, Mm -hmm. I was standing here going, (laughs) hi. Mm, That breaks my fucking heart. But I think to that point though, we need to stop putting women in any sort of box whatsoever a woman is a woman yes and then on that thought a man is a man yep agreed and that's not even let's expand on that for a second you get to fucking decide what that means to you as an individual so that's inclusive of transgender men that's inclusive of transgender women that's inclusive of fucking anybody you are what you decide to be and that's that So we're not being exclusive at all, like seriously. And one of the things that pisses me off about this entirely and that person who messaged us on this mentioned that if they were to walk into a room of people and talk about who they were attracted to, they might receive odd looks for it. And why as a society do we judge who somebody is attracted to? Why is that anybody else's business? Why are we not just like, yeah, you do you, like, awesome. I I don't understand. I don't understand that either, except what I want to offer to that is some of that research that I found being that the quote unquote average person, according to Adolf Quetelet, was the ideal. Average equaled ideal in his mind and the way that he perpetuated his science moving forward. So like I said before, like that is truly where the concept of body shaming started. But the fact that 200 years later, we're still talking about that principle is super fucked up. But I think also that principle then led to this concept that if you were not average, and in this instance, being above average, meaning above average weight, which I think makes you above average. Shout out to everybody who's above average. Not that that makes thinner people below average, but I'm just saying shout out to everybody. I love everybody. What I'm saying, though. I'm just watching you double think that in your head. I know. This is why I'm drinking water today. What I'm saying, though, is this concept of idealism brings forward also the concept that If you are not in that bubble, you are not ideal, meaning there's something wrong with you, meaning that you must be lazy or you must be unhealthy or there must be something medically wrong with you that is making you, forcing you to be outside of that ideal scope. And some people, regardless of if this is your business or not, some people can't control that. You and I could be the exact same size And you still have health complications that I don't have related to your weight. Yeah. And that could be said about anybody on any side of the spectrum, thin Mm -hmm. or large. So that's kind of where I was going before in saying that obesity is truly and fatness, right? We we discovered that there are 59 different kinds of fatness according to 2012. Like who knows where 2020 has brought us. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that's such a relative term. Obese is such a relative fucking term and it's demoralizing. Yeah, agreed. So I think 
where I'm coming from in this concept of our listener who had offered this subject, getting those shameful looks for appreciating body types that are outside of the norm comes from that concept of, oh, well, he must be attracted to slobs because she's thick as hell and clearly she doesn't take care of herself. Like, that's not fucking true. Mm -hmm. She might be incredibly active or he might be incredibly active and it doesn't change the fact that their body type is just this way. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're not healthy. Doesn't mean that they don't take care of themselves. It means their body type is just this fucking way. And I go back to that's none of your fucking business. Yeah, and that's my big thing is stop trying to impose your will on other people. Yes. I like brunettes. I lean towards brunettes and women. I like dark-haired men. I'm not out there going, blonde men and women are fucking disgusting. Ew, she's blonde. I just don't understand anybody that's... I just don't understand. I truly don't understand. Somebody out there is attracted to Steve Buscemi, and let me tell you, he is not anywhere on my radar, but whoever is attracted to them, (laughs) go you. I love Steve Buscemi so much. It's not even funny, but you're not wrong. He's a unique appearance. (laughs) But you're not wrong. Like, somebody finds him attractive, and that's amazing. Like, seriously, cheers to Mrs. Buscemi, because he's an amazing actor, He's a, a great fucking dude. He used to be a firefighter. This is how much I love Steve Buscemi. He used to be a firefighter before he became an actor. And on 9-11, he went into fucking ground zero and yep. he was helping. He volunteered. That's a good fucking man. Yeah. Okay. I agree. So back to your concept, though. Who gives a fuck what he looks like? Mm-hmm. He's a good fucking man. And he's maybe good in bed. Like, Awesome. He's perfect for someone. Mm-hmm. Anybody who could come along and say that he is, or, or not even just Steve Buscemi, but anybody is unattractive, that's your opinion. And you're entitled to your opinion, but just because you have an opinion doesn't necessarily mean that you should share it. Or even if you, I mean, you could share it, but not in trying to impress it upon somebody else. Yeah. I think that's fair, but I go back to thinking about this listener who walks into a room and he sees a woman who he thinks is a fucking 10. She's a dime. And everybody else in this room sees the same exact woman and thinks she has a significant weight issue Mm -hmm. or she's just big because something else that I found in, in my research was that bigger women does not include taller women, which just pissed me off. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But back to this scenario. Okay. Everybody else in the room thinks that this woman is unhealthy. And I'm going to use the word gross because like that's kind of the scenario we're talking about. They're judging. They're being Mm -hmm. very judgmental. All right. In that situation, I don't believe that anybody else in the room has any right to share their opinion on that woman's attractiveness or not. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's just not appropriate. It's just not. Mm -hmm. And it's not appropriate because, one, if you're not attracted to this person, their attractiveness level does not affect you. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. And that could be said about any kind of relationship, honestly. Like, if you have an issue with lesbians, don't be a lesbian. If you have an issue with gay people, don't be gay. 
right? Like, like, seriously, it's that fucking easy. If you're not interested in larger men or women, don't have sex with larger men or women. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah. And it's also none of your fucking business. That's a very good point. I think my... I wasn't thinking of it in that terms, and I appreciate that aspect of it because I was thinking of it more in the I'm not attracted to blondes, I'm attracted to brunettes, so a non-harmful comment. That's fair, but I feel like society has taken away those non-harmful comments as even a conception. Yeah, that's very true. So, and also why I think, let's loop this full circle why I think that specifically a BBW kink exists. If people who experience that attractedness feel so uncomfortable saying out loud, and whether you actually feel uncomfortable saying this out loud or not as an individual, that's not what I'm talking about. But in society, so many people were interested in this attractedness and they felt so taboo welcome to taboos, about saying that they were interested in this attractiveness specifically, that they had to make a kink for it Mm -hmm. in order to normalize it. That's why I think it's wrong. Not that you are, in fact, interested in people of larger stature. That has nothing to do with what I think is wrong. What I think is wrong is normalizing it by making it a kink. Yeah, I agree. The same way making a specific race and and fetishizing a, a specific race, kink and fetish are interchangeable, in my opinion, as a word. Would you agree with that? They're fairly similar, yes. Maybe not entirely synonymous, but exclusive, right? Yeah. Okay. So just like fetishizing an entire race is racism, honestly, creating a kink around somebody's body type so that it's acceptable by society's views that's fucking wrong Mm -hmm. that's what i got real that's what i get really upset about and that's honestly why i couldn't talk about this episode in the way that it was presented to us which i don't have an issue with i love it i love our listener who was like i love big women i love them i think that they're fucking amazing and fucking beautiful and i want to hear you say that out loud i want to hear people talk about it i love that i'm fucking here for it I think you're talking more about society's boxing it into a kink and not just accepting that it's okay to be attracted to people of all different body types. Yes. Yes. That is my issue. That is absolutely my issue. And what I want to share next, which is also personal, is that yesterday. Is that yesterday that I sent you that thing? I don't remember. I think it was yesterday. I found this thread on Twitter and I lost my fucking mind. There is a woman on Twitter. Her handle is Big Body Bay. And she posted this thread that was a shout out to tall women, right? She's 6'5 and she's fucking stunning. And as a taller woman, I'm 5'9", right? So I'm technically in the quote-unquote tall women category. And the only reason I know this is because men feel so often inclined to comment on my height, which I think is really annoying because I don't feel like I'm that tall, especially when I surround myself with men who are 6'2 or above. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not that tall. But it's not just men. My aunt is 6'2". I'm surrounded Mm -hmm. by tall people in general. You're taller than me. 
Yep. Nick is taller than me. Mm-hmm. Kel is not taller than me. My sister, my fucking 18-year-old sister is taller than me. You guys, I'm surrounded by tall people. So I personally don't feel like 5'9 is tall, but I get that comment a lot. So I see this thread and I'm like, oh, damn, when I wear my shoes, when I say my shoes, I mean like 40 of the 42 pairs of shoes that I own. I'm 6'2 on average because I live in heels. Mm -hmm. And I shared this picture on this thread of my cute little self in my heels. And I was like in the tall girl gang and I felt so awesome and it was so empowering and so beautiful. And it was the first time that I ever personally acknowledged that I am a tall girl Mm -hmm. and that tall women are attractive to other people. And I don't know why I associated, I don't know what part of either my dysmorphia or society has made me believe that tall women are not as desirable as short women, but that's how I've always viewed it. Like, I just did. I don't know. For me, it was being called gangly growing up. I hate that anybody would say that to you. I genuinely want to punch every motherfucker that ever said shit like that to you. You'd have to, you'd have to punch a lot of sixth graders. I'll punch every single one of those fucking sixth graders. I will. Right to the mouth. You know, I had a thought and I'm kind of looping back for a second, but I, I want to say it before I lose it. Say it, baby. I was thinking about how we can say that we are attracted to different body types in a sexual nature, like that turns us on, mm-hmm. but we can't say that we're just attracted to them, that we find them beautiful, that we find them literally attractive, that it has to be a sex thing. All right, I'm going to pull an alley. Do you mean you and I, or do you mean as a society? I feel like as a society, I feel like that's what makes being attracted to the quote unquote unstandard body types okay is if it's if it is a quote kink, a sex thing. If you have a turn on to a body type, that's okay. But to say that you are attracted, just attracted, find beautiful that yeah. body type, it's not as accepted. I agree with you one billion percent. I honestly do. And something that I want to add to that that I really struggle with is why I think I'm actually just going to reiterate what you're saying, but I, I'm not doing it intentionally. My question is, I think the same as yours. My phrasing is, why can't I compliment a man or a woman that I think is beautiful without wanting to fuck them? Because I think a lot of people are fucking beautiful and I have zero desire to fuck them. Mm-hmm. So is was that your question? No. <laughs> oh, here I thought I did really good. <laughs> I mean, I compliment people with no intention. Well, you don't have intention either. I don't have intention either. I compliment people and I don't think they think I have intention. But I think that that's a very normal thing. And okay, so something else I saw on Twitter today, I forget who posted it, but this woman tweeted, ladies better stop complimenting me because I think you're flirting with me. I think that's real. I think that's where I'm coming from. And I don't just mean that from a woman perspective. I think that that's a very, very fucking drastically disproportionate thing where just because somebody compliments you does not mean that they're flirting with you. It does not mean that they're attracted to you. Maybe they're just appreciating something about you that has nothing to do with you physically. I think 
I don't know who said that or if we know them, but I think that's an egotistical comment, honestly. You're not wrong, but I think that that's a very common conception, misconception in society. Like, seriously, think about that. How many times have you ever been to a bar where you were being friendly with someone and they thought that you were like interested in them and you're like, no, I'm married. I'm I'm not interested. And they're like, but she's definitely interested. Let me buy her a drink. Literally yeah. never. <laughs> I have gone to bars like four times and they've all been with you. That's a fucking lie. We so got hit on. You so got hit on on the Pokemon pub crawl. You did. That one dude, I think his name was Sam. He wanted to take you home so fucking bad. And you just didn't know. You had no idea. Oh my God. I thought you knew this whole time. This is really disturbing. I don't even know who you're talking about. So clearly, no. Now you make it sound like I'm creating false memories. Allie, did we go to a Pokemon pub crawl? We did. (laughs) Did we or did we not speak to the opposite species, the opposite sex? Species is wrong. Did we or did we not speak to the opposite sex at this pub crawl? Also the same sex, yes. And the same sex. Okay. Do you remember the two men specifically at... That Irish pub downtown. I remember I remember people, but I don't remember... I don't actually remember people. Listen, I was busy catching squirtles. And, and psych ducks. <laughs> that was such a great day. You guys, now I'm talking to you because clearly I can't have this conversation with Allie. <laughs> dear, dear listeners, for anybody who has ever approached somebody or been approached by somebody who offered a compliment and took it to a place where it was not intended. It was not meant to be, oh, I really want to hook up with you. It was really just meant to be like, I think that you are a good looking human. I literally say this all the time. I do this. I'm just saying, I think that this is a more common thing in society than you experience clearly or you recognize because I have literally watched it happen to you and you were oblivious to it, apparently. Cool. I like being oblivious. I like you. My main point I wanted to bring up was the it had to be a sex thing versus a just thinking they're beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on that. I, I agree that that's an issue. How do we change that mentality, though? Like, how do we... How do we get to a place where you can just genuinely see someone's beauty on both sides, okay? Like on on both sides of this conversation in this scenario. How do we get to a point where you can just genuinely see somebody's beauty and you can appreciate that beauty in a non-attractedness way? I'm not even going to say in a sexual way because that's what we're trying to get away from. Like we're trying to get away from appreciating somebody in their beauty without making it sexualized, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that in order for it to be accepted in society currently, it needs to be a kink. It needs to be sexualized, yes. And that's what we want to get away from. Mm. We're saying the same thing. We are. My half of the brain is working with your half of the brain. I'm saying that society needs to realize that it can be, like, it might be somebody's kink, but kink ties into attraction and attraction to... Whomever is nobody else's business. 
Like, let Dan be attracted to whoever Dan is attracted to and Barbara be attracted to whoever Barbara is attracted to. Like, don't shame them for their attractions and don't put people in boxes and assume that because you're attracted to one type that they have to be too. Like, Kim Kardashian is not the end-all be-all for 90% of the populace. I don't understand why people think that she is. I don't even know if people think that she is, but I'm making that assumption. I think maybe that's also part of it, though. Like... I really appreciate that you said that, actually, because maybe that's part of it. Maybe it is an assumptive thing that, like, society just rolls with. Like, like maybe, maybe attractedness is not positively portrayed enough, or maybe we just, we as in the greater society, just assume that if it's not represented somewhere else in society, it is bad. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think that people who don't fall into the quote unquote normal range are afraid to speak out about not falling into that range because they're afraid of being ostracized. Yeah. And then, so back to that assumptive position, right? In that exact train of thought, if there are 10 people in a room and all of them are attracted to this is a body positive episode so specifically we're gonna stick in the vein of like bigger people right five men five women everybody in the room is attracted to quote-unquote bigger people Mm -hmm. does everyone in that room assume that being attracted to quote-unquote bigger people is bad like you're in a room of people who you would be attracted to but does everybody assume that it's weird to be attracted to the, to that body type? So then all 10 of those people don't acknowledge it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think society has taught us that that specific body type is to be shunned and there shouldn't be perpetuated. Therefore, yeah, we shouldn't be attracted to it. I guess, yes. The other thing, it's not just it's not just in the sexuality sense, though. It's in a sense of dignity it's in a sense of respect like why don't bigger people deserve the same respect and dignity as a very athletic person like a a very athletic appearanced person Mm -hmm. like why why is that society assumes that there's less effort put in which is i go back to my statement previously that's fucking wrong Mm -hmm. because that in itself is assumptive you are assuming that this person does not care about their body or things need to change like that's the other thing and here's where i want to go with this honestly this is where i want to take this fucking shit why that fucking pisses me off so much is because i genuinely sense that it all comes down to capitalism i really do So this is part of my thought for our obesity episode when we have an obesity episode, which y'all have heard that I take obesity very relatively because I think it's bullshit. But they slap this label on us, right? Doctors, society, the media, Hollywood, sometimes even our own families, Mm -hmm. friends, people that we work with, slap this label on us being anybody, okay? But specifically, for this conversation, we're talking about people who are overweight and or obese. So now you have this concept in your mind, something is wrong with me because I don't look like this. And you go to the doctor and your doctor says, "Mm, 
you know, you're really overweight or you're obese or whatever. This needs to change. But why? Like if I'm not unhealthy and my life is not impacted by my weight, why does it need to change? Mm -hmm. But let's just that's that's the question. But let's just continue with the scenario on my thought. Okay, so I say, okay, doc, I think I'm okay, but clearly I'm not. So how do I lose weight? And then the answer comes in of this medicine will help you lose weight. This gym membership will help you lose weight. This weight loss program will help you lose weight. This, 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 all of these things will help you lose weight. And every single one of those things costs something. Mm-hmm. And it costs you something to be at the doctor for them to tell you you need to lose weight. So it's just this constant, like, never-ending perpetual cycle of money it's a money fountain Mm -hmm. and then not only are people profiting off of you hating your own body and constantly trying to strive toward this thing that you'll never achieve because now you've been conditioned to hate your fucking body but also you're putting money in the pockets of every single person along the way Mm mm-hmm And those people are telling you that you're fucking wrong for being exactly the way you are. That is my other issue with it. Yeah. I I think that that's wrong. I really do. I I think as a society, we need to be better. Mm -hmm. We need to move beyond those stigmas of anybody's body type being anything, right? As long as you're healthy and your life is not at risk and your health is not at risk, who gives a single fuck? Mm-hmm. And I probably sound I probably sound hypocritical because I've already admitted that I have body dysmorphia and I don't necessarily love my body. But to a degree, that's not my fault because society has presented this constant of what beautiful is and I don't look like that. Same. Same. There are millions of people who just said same with us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's truly what I want our, our listeners to hear us say in this episode is fuck society's perspective of your body. And that's really hard. Or fuck society's perspective of what you find attractive. Yes, the, the two go hand in hand. They honestly do. Not mutually exclusively, but for this episode, yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for saying that because I sort of for a moment got off of the attractiveness train just being body positive, but you're totally right. Fuck that. And I know it's hard, okay? Like, Allie and I both said we have this, so we know it's hard. I have no idea how to actually say fuck society for not loving my body exactly the way that it is. And encouraging me to not love my body exactly the way that it is fuck society for doing that it's very difficult to move beyond that but i want to i'm determined to do that i want to appreciate my body for everything that it does and can do i am super flexible i made a small human who's pretty fucking amazing i have accomplished so many things that i am so proud of and i wouldn't have been able to do it without this body And yet, I am so mean to this body. And you're mean to yours. And yours has done equally amazing shit. Mm -hmm. You guys, Allie is 
amazingly amazing. And her body is very small. And she made a 10 pound fucking baby. It was insanity. Like it was so beautiful, but it was absolute insanity. So I'm just saying like men and women, our bodies are capable of so many amazing things. And yet all we talk about, all society focuses on is what that body looks like. And I think that that's wrong. I agree. All right. I loved exploring that with you. I really did. I I really enjoyed this conversation intellectually. I felt like we were in a little car and it went all over the map, but the map was a ton of fun. So I enjoyed the ride. (laughs) I also feel like that. We navigated so hard. Oh my God. Okay. I want to tell the navigate so hard story. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Why? (laughs) Because it's not relevant. But you just made a map reference. How is it not relevant? If you'd like to hear the Navigate So Hard story, please subscribe to our Patreon for one month. And then I can make Celeste record our Navigate So Hard story and I'll put it up for one month. (laughs) For one month, she says. Oh, fine. I won't tell the Navigate So Hard story, but it's so good. So... We did navigate so hard, and I did appreciate it. I enjoyed all of it. What did you learn while we navigated so hard? I was really shocked at how early all of the Judgy McJudgerson stuff started. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Greco-Roman art and such didn't depict... Well, maybe it did. I don't know. I'm not fantastic at art, so I could be mixing up my statues and all that jazz. But a lot of classical art didn't depict extremely thin women so no i completely agree with that i also don't have a ton of solid art references but i i do know what you're talking about and i agree in those depictions women had little bellies right and they had booties and they had bigger arms and not super perky boobs exactly you know those boobs had fed some children Mm -hmm. like And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That body is still so fucking beautiful. It's an art piece. Hundreds of years later. I don't understand. I really don't. And then I think about even not even that far in history. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was like a size 14, I think. Which is a super normal size. Mm -hmm. And she was stunning. Like, I think... I personally think Marilyn Monroe is arguably the most beautiful woman by a societal view in history. Like, iconically, that's what I mean. I don't mean necessarily like there aren't more beautiful women than Marilyn Monroe. I mean like on a societal image, when you think about the most beautiful women in history, I personally see imagery of Marilyn Monroe. I get what you mean. She's a pedestal. Like, she was put on a pedestal. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Cheers to Marilyn Monroe. But also, when did that body, when did her body type stop becoming so beautiful? Mm -hmm. Because she was, saying she was a bigger woman doesn't even sound fair because she was a very normal sized woman. Yeah. I fucking struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And then to get away from that so drastically, and I don't even think that we got away from that very long after Marilyn Monroe. I think all of the other like mainstream actresses at that time were all relatively thinner women compared to Marilyn, which is why she stood out so much and why she was 
like that's why she stood out so much and people embraced her body and loved her for it and yet shortly thereafter it was like nope size 14 is a quote-unquote bigger woman and then also on that same thought i want to go back to the men men still don't have accurate representation of their fucking bodies that i can think of on a fair level Mm -hmm. and it's getting smaller too with men being expected to stand up to like chris evans level and stuff i have no idea who that is is that captain america oh you're not wrong isn't that who that is it is who that is. Okay. I totally did not make a mental reference there. So, yeah. I don't even know how tall Chris Evans is, though. Oh, I meant like six pack. Oh, you mean in a muscular sense? Yeah. Oh, I totally would have come up with better people for muscular sense, but I'm with you. So, I just mean I would have had different references for that. I didn't realize he was that muscular. I don't really watch Marvel movies, though. But regardless, I'm totally with you on that. Did you mean Chris Hemming's way? No, I meant Chris Evans. They're both super Chris's. muscular. The Chris's. The Chris's. Both Chris's <laughs> are very muscular. Awesome. The muscular Chris's. <laughs> I Sounds love like us. a terrible wrestling team. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where I was going with my thought. Oh, you're not wrong, though. Like, I, I completely align with what you're saying in that men don't have adequate representation of normal body types at all like women although it's not where it should be women at least have some representation right and bbw is an actual fucking term that's used in society which exclusively represents women where's the representation for larger men Mm -hmm. that are are still attractive okay like I think about Lizzo, who is very, 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 very active in the body positive movement. And I think Lizzo's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's amazing. Where is the male Lizzo? Yeah. Where is that figure for men who are out there screaming at the top of their lungs? I fucking love my body. You should too. And if you don't, that's okay. But I'm still going to. Mm-hmm. Like, where is that for men? It's really, I know you don't have an answer for me because I I just, but seriously, that should be a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think about, and that thought process, I, I just, I read an article a few months ago about Luke Combs, the country singer, who I personally really, really like. I, I just, I really enjoy his music. And he's a bigger dude. And his wife is very petite. She's holy fucking stunning like they're the cutest couple seriously oh my god they're a couple goals for real and she was in this article just snapping off or maybe it was not i think it was an article maybe it was on facebook i don't know but she was popping off on all kinds of people who were making comments about how she didn't belong with luke because she was attractive and he was not why Mm-hmm. And first of all, that's not your fucking place. Yep. Second, shut the fuck up. And third, why can't Luke Combs be a body positive? Why, why can't he feel good about his own body? Mm-hmm. Also, maybe he's her type. Right. Yes, absolutely. 
but also like just on a personal level again thinking of men specifically the bigger dude snagged the banging fucking wife that's amazing right like that's awesome i'm so glad that they're happy together that's beautiful i love that i love that she loves his body so openly and that she's so ready to just absolutely slaughter anybody who's like your husband is fat and he needs to lose weight like no fuck off he's perfect exactly the way he is like i really think i really want people to come to that place for themselves and in their attractiveness as a whole did that make sense Mm -hmm. did i just ramble a little bit but that's what you do but it came full circle it did okay but now i want to know what did you learn here today honestly honestly the thing that i learned that stood out to me so blatantly and upset me so much was genuinely that the body mass index scale was created by a racist to perpetuate racism and even to this day that concept is used in so many aspects and that throughout history that scale was used specifically in racist measurements to hurt people and like I learned that and I really didn't know that I and I just think that that's fascinating and so disturbing at Mm -hmm. the same time agreed that anybody's weight on this fucked up scale could be used against them to justify a fucking sterilization procedure or if they were fit to be a parent like fuck that Mm -hmm. absolutely fuck that because i go back to putting myself on that scale on that bmi scale Mm -hmm. according to this philosophy i'm on the borderline of not being a fit parent Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that i really am hard about myself on but i'm a really fucking good parent my weight has nothing to do with that nobody's does so that's what i learned here in this research and today in this conversation and that's honestly what stuck with me and has brought me to this entirely different perspective of nutritional and dietary science that i just i just can't align with I just can't get behind it, that it it comes from such a fucked up place and that although maybe it has changed, it has not changed. And then I add the shit about like commercialism on top of that and that just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So that's what I learned here today. And my answer probably wasn't as fun as yours, but seriously, like that's what we do here. We have real conversations. Sometimes they're not fun. Like they're just sometimes the facts aren't, but that is the truth. Yep, agreed. But on a positive note, I think it's important that we really, really seriously acknowledge. And it's not even a a learned thing because we both came into this conversation of this position. But I think it's important that every single one of us acknowledge that it's okay to love your body, no matter what that means. And it's okay to love other people's bodies, again, no matter what that means. And I use love in a very abstract way. I don't mean purely sexually. I mean, I I also don't mean even purely in attractedness. I just mean it's okay to appreciate somebody's body for exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Whether that's lean or muscular or bigger or fat or skinny or brunette or blonde or fucking black or white or brown or purple it does not matter it doesn't nope 
if that is your thing, if that's what you're appreciative of, be that. And I think that's beautiful. I agree. I think you're beautiful. I also think you're beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's not a compliment. What's that thing that you always say? It's not a compliment if you take what I said and just use it against me. That is exactly what I say. (laughs) I knew it. I think one of the main takeaways here is fuck whatever society says. Mm -hmm. Fuck whatever society says, whatever little box you need to put people in, including yourself. Yeah. And just stop putting yourself in a box. And I'm even saying that honestly to myself right now. Like I'm saying that out loud. Dear Celeste, stop putting yourself in a box. Dear Allie, stop putting yourself in a box. It's easier said than done, but like we have to get there. We even meaning the royal we. Like if if you are listening to us have this conversation and you align with us on how you feel about your body in the sense that it's similar to the way that we feel about our bodies, we have to get out of that box like we do. And society needs to get away from the box. Like, we just need to fucking flatten the box. Just bulldoze the box and we never speak of it again. Mm -hmm. That was was the official noise of flattening. Yep. (laughs) That's that sound effect. Well, awesome. I really appreciated this conversation. I I really did appreciate exploring this with you, the love of my life, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I also appreciated sharing this with our listeners. And although I don't know if we did the request justice the way it was requested, I genuinely hope that we did that we did justice by this person and anybody who believes in equal opportunity attractiveness. And body positivity. Mm -hmm. We hope that you guys also took something away from this, whether that be a little bit more accepting of yourself on your own personal body image level or your attractiveness in what you're attracted to level. I'm great with words tonight. (laughs) It's really late. As usual, we appreciate you tuning in week after week to us just doing our thing. Having these conversations that need to be had. Like... Sometimes they're hard, but if they weren't hard, people would have them more often. As always, if there's someone that you think would relate or needs to hear this, please share it with them. That's the biggest compliment you can do for us. If there's something that you would like to hear us talk about, you can reach out to us on our socials. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Instagram are Taboos the Pod. Facebook is just Taboos Podcast. Just Taboos. Or just taboos. If you want to email us, it's taboospodcast. At gmail.com. Oh, yes, yes. Taboospodcast at gmail.com. We have a website that nobody uses. (laughs) Not even us. (laughs) If you want to support this thing and get some swag and some other cool perks, like us mispronouncing and missaying a million things. And also our Navigate So Hard story. And our Navigate So Hard story and... Celeste voicing my dogs. Oh, no, you're going to do it, too. Don't you dare fucking think you're going to get out of it. Allie and I have decided that one of our Patreon items, maybe even monthly, will be a conversation as Hank and Maple, because as you have heard in our Don't Bully My Breed episode, Hank and Maple have voices, and we do them, and we have some pretty great conversations in their voices, so... I clearly can't have a Hank and Maple conversation by myself, dearest darling. 
you will need to participate in that. I disagree strongly. I have like a million blooper outtakes of you voicing both of them and I could fully <laughs> construct a conversation with them. I will I will drastically protest. You're doing this with me. So if you want any of that, that's available for Patreon subscribers as well. There's different tiers. I think that pretty much covers it. I think you're right. I do. Let's do some shout outs, however. Shout out to our Twitter family. I know we talk about them every week, but seriously, you guys have been showing up. Oh my God, I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, This week specifically, we have gotten so much love from Catherine at A Few Bad Apples and also from Jules at Riddle Me That Podcast. We also have gotten a ton of love this week from You Should Have Ghosted. Mm -hmm. The girls over at You Should Have Ghosted, they are so cute and I really, really love their podcast. Uh, And then also... I do want to shout out our newest Patreon, Laren. Laren. Lair Bear. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're so excited. We are. It's true. You're the best. I honestly, I know that last week we said that Jordan and the dads from Dads on Dayquil are like our biggest cheerleaders, but I stand corrected because without question, Lair Bear is our number one cheerleader. Most definitely. And we've known Laren for a long time. So he's been our number one cheerleader before we were even a podcast. So Laren gets OG cheerleader status. Agreed. Thank you, Laren. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Uh, Also, a big shout out to Melissa, who designed all of our merch that is now available. Yes! Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go get some things. All the things. Oh my god, you guys. I I didn't even know that we were announcing that in this episode. Holy fuck. I'm so excited. Bigger Demise Vox, we have like multiple designs up now. We have multiple designs up now. Woohoo! And yes, I'm going to capitalize on that because I've known Melissa since kindergarten. And Melissa is so beautiful and so smart and so talented. And oh my god, absolute heart of gold. And she offered to design our merch for us just because she's talented and she likes that shit and she knocked it out of the fucking park and I just I just mm, I'm so grateful I love her her work is so beautiful she's so talented specifically she drew our little skeletons not our typical skeletons that are on our definition tiles but specifically the little cartoon skeletons she drew those by hand and I'm floored because when i draw shit it actually looks like shit so i'm very envious of her talent (laughs) i am and she gets such a huge shout out because she really really is amazing and we love her so much and we're so grateful for her so thank you dearest darling melissa you sweet little nugget thank you and i think that's it yeah i I think that's it i do December is going to keep rolling on, you guys. We have some other really interesting topics this month, and we are really excited about it. So stick around, stay tuned, subscribe, share, rate, all the all the things you do with podcasts that you appreciate and you like, and uh, we'll catch you next week, okay? And on that note, do you? Be taboos.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.